You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today I have a very special episode and an incredible guest whose story really inspired me and I'm sure it will inspire so many of you as well and you will learn so much from this episode. So today my guest is Carlos Reyes and Carlos will be sharing his story on how he went from the broke immigrant to successful multimillionaire and he will be sharing his five-step success formula. Carlos Reyes is a public figure and serial entrepreneur and owner of 25 businesses, with many of them being in the real estate industry. Carlos is a symbol of the American dream, immigrating to the U.S. with his mother and growing up poor before starting National Cash Offer and Offer Key with his partner. Most companies consistently produce six figures each month and they have diversified into multiple other seven figures operations through their proprietary scaling systems so today carlos and i will be discussing how he went from a broke immigrant to eight-figure entrepreneur and why commitment and discipline are so important what are the key factors that help carlos to succeed in real estate the best mindset for a long run five-step success formula for everyone how to remove yourself from day-to-day operations and make more money the best marketing channels and so much more but before we dive in don't forget to subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts hi carlos i'm so excited to have you on my podcast how are you today Good. Thank you so much for uh, being flexible and patient with me. I just gave you a rundown of some of the stuff we got going on, right? So, and I can't wait to get into all of that. Uh, but I just want to say that uh, as a human being and as a, a as a spirit, as a soul, uh, your energy um, was just very magnetic 
you know, when I, when I saw you, right. Cause we both spoke at an event out in um, Atlanta, right. With beautiful, amazing people and my lead John C. Maxwell. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, your energy was very magnetic. And now I know why, you know, you're a beautiful person inside out. And as soon as you and I started just connecting a little bit, I was just like, man, this is my kind of people, you know? So uh, I just want to say thank you for, for your, you know, what you're doing in the world. Thank you for how you're bringing light to uh, a lot of people. And especially in today's, right, today's society, we need, we need love and we need light uh, more than ever. Because if you look at, if, if I were to line you up next to 10 people, probably two out of those 10 people have committed to bringing light into the world. Does that make sense? The other eight, they either don't know any better or are just caught up in, you know, just some, some really negative, like negative things that are going on in the world. And that's why it's amazing to meet a fellow servant like yourself. So thank you for being who you are. Oh, I appreciate your feedback and I so appreciate your kind words. Your story inspired me and it was so deep and just incredible. And after everything you explained about yourself and how you went through so many struggles at that day at the conference, oh my God, I, I was amazed. So that's why I wanted to invite you on my podcast so listeners can learn from you and you can inspire thousands of people. Thank you so much. Um, as as you know, it's funny. I I don't intentionally keep. I, I intentionally I do keep it, but it's it's never. This is the first time I ever actually show this picture like on a podcast, right? That is me in Mexico, and that's my grandfather, and that's my grandmother, and and that's our home. That's our home, and we are celebrating. We are celebrating three years of age for me there. You know, right there, and. You know, like I said, do you remember? I don't know if the, did you catch the whole speech? Uh, uh, remember when I yeah, I said, whole speech. I remember. I feel like I feel like I'm just gonna, you know, I'm honoring them, like I'm I'm honoring their legacy for the rest of my life because of all the sacrifices that my mother has made, of all the sacrifices that my grandfather and my grandmother have made. There's just so many people that were counting on on me and maybe they weren't counting on me maybe they didn't know what I was going to do or what I was going to be but they played a major role in um in everything that I am and everything that I have and everything that I do now and um you know god willing you know from from heaven they're looking at me with just a sense of fulfillment and a sense of pride because it, if it wasn't for their love and if it wasn't for their support and their care you know my mother and my grandparents uh, I wouldn't be serving the world. I, I wouldn't be serving, first of all, the kingdom, and I wouldn't be serving the world the way that I'm serving. And you know, I have, I have a lot. I have, I have a lot of responsibility, as you know. That when you do become a powerful human being, a lot of people don't understand this, right? There's like this, this space or this amount of this, this amount of power belongs to very few people. It belongs to the committed. It belongs to the few which are the committed, right? And when I say committed they're committed to walking that narrow path uh, that a lot of people aren't willing to walk, right? They're committed to making themselves the healthiest version of themselves, mind, body, and spirit. They're committed to really connecting and loving their families and honoring their families. They're committed to, you know, being the best in business that they can potentially be, right? Because they know that the more 
success that they have financially, the more that they can actually contribute to the world, right? Because I can sit here and say, man, I want to contribute to the world, but if I'm only making X amount of money and all I can do is, you know, maybe contribute by offering love and offering support and care, why don't I become mega successful, massively successful and make a lot of money and take a percentage of that money, right? There's a percentage of that money that goes to God, right? And then there's a percentage of that money that goes to con contribution. So now, not only do I care with my heart and my soul, but I actually, I actually care with the one thing that solves 99% of people's problems, which is money. You know what I mean? So that, you know, again, I'm not here, I'm not here by myself, you know, and, and I'm just going to go down my, my, my story real quick, which should only take three to five minutes here. Um, I was born in, in in Mexico, which is south of the United States of America. It's a country located south of the U.S. And my mother, you know, like I said, at a very young age, she wanted um, she the poverty was just so so hard down there that you know she wanted more for for me and and my siblings. So what my mother did, right? I said, hey, I learned these five. If if anybody's listening, whoever's listening out there, whether they're watching or listening. If they just want to write down these my personal five uh, five step success formula that I learned from watching my mother, right? From watching my mother, well, um, my mother was a visionary. Her vision was to change our lives and you know give us an opportunity in America, right? So this is the five step success formula that I learned from watching my mother. Number one is vision. Number two is commitment. Number three is sacrifice. Number four is work ethic. And number five was perseverance. And I can actually go down that line, right? Vision, she had the vision to do to do better for her and her children. Commitment, she was she was so committed that she, um, as, a, as a single mom, right? Because she left my father too, because my father was abusive and an alcoholic and a drug addict. So my mom didn't want that for her children. I mean, my mom is a lioness when it comes to her children. So- you know, she left my father. And then, you know, when she left us with our grandparents at this age for two years, right? Well, it's because she was committed. She was committed to the vision she had for her family. Uh, number three is sacrifice. As you can see, it's not easy for a mother to leave her little cubs or little children with grandparents for two years. What mother, are you a mother, by the way? No, not yet. But I grew up with my grandparents mostly because my parents worked all the time and they got married when they were young. So I I know how it feels. But I mean, I don't know how it feels for the mother, but I know how it feels. Well, when you God willing, when he when God blesses you with beautiful, amazing, healthy children um, and then you you see this or you get to feel this this love that is unmatchable by anything else, because I have children, I have a 10 year old daughter and a four year old daughter. Nice. All right. They're all over. Check this out. Right. Look at this. Wow. That's so beautiful. My little babies. Right. So when you get to have children, you know that once you have them, you can never leave them. Like you, you just wouldn't feel like yourself. And my mom had to make that sacrifice to make, to make this happen. Right. And number four is, is work ethic. My mom, man, like, she worked two, three jobs at the same time to the point where she 
didn't even get to enjoy us as children. She didn't even get to enjoy us as kids. She didn't even get to enjoy us as teenagers. She didn't even get to enjoy us as young adults because she was constantly working. Two jobs, three jobs, night shift, right? Graveyard shift. Three, four hours of sleep and right back to serving food at a cafeteria in an elementary school. She would get out of that, you know, come home for one hour. Or I, I don't even know how she did it. You know, I don't even know how she did it. And, you know, she made it happen, which is number five, perseverance. She, she never gave up. You know how easy it is for someone to just say, man, I can't, I'm a single mom. I, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I, I, this, this isn't healthy. I can't work two, three jobs. And she had no time for herself, zero time for herself. Over a decade, it was just her providing for her children. And, you know, it's funny because, again, that's the five-step five step success formula that I learned from, from watching my mother, right? But it, what people don't know is that the first time that she brought us over to America, she literally was holding, just like I explained on that stage, she was holding my, my little brother with her left hand, and she was literally carrying, like dragging me, you know, holding my hand to get to the first time that we came over was California. It was uh, San Diego County. There was a border, little border called San Isidro next to Tijuana, TJ. We went through there. Well, we were, we attempted to go through there. We got caught, we got kicked out. Then we went to my aunt's house in TJ, Mexico, 48 hours waited, came back. We made it, we crossed and we only lasted less than a year in California before we were completely wiped out financially and we had to go back to Mexico, right? So we had to go back to Mexico and her and I, at this, at this point, I'm in the third grade and we come up with, with, with the plan. Uh, when you're in the third grade, by the way, you're about eight, nine years old, right? And we come up with the plan because now we have, we have, we had tasted the land of milk and honey, we had tasted America. We had tasted electricity. We had tasted, you know, running water. We had tasted green grass. You know what I mean? Like it was just a whole different world. It was like a fantasy world back in the nineties. It's something that you just wouldn't see in Mexico, right? These beautiful buildings and newer cars, you know what I'm saying? Right? So we had tasted all this. And when we were going back home, my mom and I, even though, even though I was, I was already the man of the house, you know, that I was in the third grade and she constantly always treated me like, like an adult. Like my mom never treated me like a kid. She treated me like an adult. And I think that helped me out a lot with my maturity. You know, yeah, I was uh, years ahead of my time, you know, but it all happens for a reason. You know, I get to be a child now around my kids, which is, which is amazing. But I'll say this. We went back. I started bagging groceries. I, I know you saw the picture of my ID, right? My grocery bagger identification. I start bagging groceries. My mom starts cleaning hotel rooms at a resort. She's making $30 a week. I'm making $10 to $12 a day. I am now the primary breadwinner, right? Remember, I learned a little bit of English in the second and third and in, in the third grade over in, in California. So when I came back, we, this, this retail center where I was bagging grocery was located by a resort where a lot of American people would come and visit. It's called San Carlos Bay. So Americans loved it when this little Mexican boy would bag their groceries and then speak a little English to them, right? They're like, oh, wow, cute. This is amazing. Here's a dollar. You know what I mean? 
So or here's 50 cents. Here's a quarter. And I started making money and we saved up enough money to send her to Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I am today. We saved up enough money, sent her over. Here goes another year and a half of, you know, leaving us with our grandparents for the second time. Can you imagine that? Like, right, you 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 left us there for two years and then you took us and my grandparents are like, okay, I hope everything goes well. You know, blah, blah. And then here we go again. We, we kind of come and it's, 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 it's sad to say, but people in my family were almost making fun of my mother. Hey, we told you this wasn't going to work. You know, who did you think you are? You see what I'm saying? Like my mom's the black sheep, right? So, cause she, she's willing to, to step outside the box, you know, to make things happen. You know, most people are just in this little box and they're, and that's kind of where they're stuck their entire life, which is a sad thing without, not her, you know, she's a free thinker. She thinks outside the box and she was just like, whatever. She took all the abuse from her family. And then we saved up enough money, sent her to Phoenix. Here goes a year and a half. Well, now she pays literally a human smuggler $25 to get me through a fence, a hole in the fence in Nogales, Sonora, which is the border of Arizona and Sonora, Mexico. You know, she pays us through 25 bucks, a complete stranger, by the way. You can only imagine at this point, I'm in the, um, I'm in between the sixth and the seventh grade. You're about 12, 12 years old around there. Right. But now it's, now it's 1997. And, you know, she say, Hey son, uh, the only way this is going to happen is you got to listen to this dude. Cause he's going to, he's going to bring you, he's going to take you through this fence and he's going to, we're going to meet over on the other side at the McDonald's. And then we're going to catch a van and we're going to go up to Phoenix it's about three and a half hours from here, right? So yeah, man, whatever the guy asked me to do, I, I did because the you know the, the the incentive and the promise was I was going to be reunited with my mother on the other side of the fence. So I did it. You know, when the guy asked me to crawl, I crawled, duck, I duck, run, I ran, and then jumped. I I jumped and man, he got me through. You know, he got me through the fence, and then we came up, and uh, I've been here ever since. My mother started to um to fix my status here, my, my immigration status in 1997. And then, uh, you know, years and years and years and years and years later, I became, um, I, I got a work permit first, uh, early two thousands, you know, and then I got a, um, and then I got a permanent residency card back then it was called the green card. And then five, six years later in 2012, I got a, uh, I got a citizenship. I became an American citizen, which is one of the greatest accomplishment of my accomplishments of my life, because I no longer had to really live with fear and uncertainty and live in the shadows. And you know what I mean? Like when you're not an American citizen, you don't feel like you belong and you don't feel you are, you're always in fear because you just don't know when it's going to end. You know what I mean? So I went through all of that. I became a citizen in 2012. I founded my first company. Um, I tried, don't get me wrong. I tried a couple different things, you know, that did not work out. But I, I technically and professionally founded our first company in 2013, which is our, our real estate investment company, right? Um, and, and it's still it's still active. You know, we're still doing millions of dollars through through that specific company. And we're doing business in multiple markets, multiple states with that specific company. Well, 
we started making you know a good amount of money uh, with that company. And what we did, my business partner and I, because you know we are we're we're very um, we're patient. We're we're un, we're not like these kids you know on social media that they they make a little bit of money and then they go buy a Lamborghini. You know what I mean? They make a little bit of money and then they go buy a watch and they make a little money and they go buy a chain. Like it, it, you know they make a little money and they're they're out at the clubs and they're popping bottles and they're just they're just throwing away. They're not being good stewards of of the blessings that God's sending. Well, my business partner and I had the patience to start pretty much injecting a lot of that money back into the business. So it started to grow and grow and grow. It's almost like a fire when you just keep putting wood in that fire, it just grows, right? So it started to grow and we started to make more money. And once we started to make more money, more money, we started to launch other companies and we started to absorb, acquire other companies. And now we're actually... Uh, we're acquiring equity in so many different companies, which I, I showed you some of them, right? Like if you look at Puppies and Coffee, I, I you know, I, I just, I recently acquired 20% of Puppies and Coffee and uh, I'm very excited about Puppies and Coffee. Who doesn't like Puppies and Coffee, right? So see, Puppies and Coffee, Puppies and Coffee, right? So I'm excited about that venture. And that's where we are today. You know, our our, our goal this year is to try to hit the nine figure mark as revenue produced, right? AKA turnover. Um, that's our goal. You know, like I said, you, how do you, how do you, how do you try to hit nine figures in, in a year? hundred mil? Well, with, by, by having multiple, multiple streams, you know what I mean? By having multiple ventures, right? If your real estate company is doing this and then your software as service uh, ecosystems doing this, and then your you know, your new venture, which is franchising is doing this. I mean, then you kind of all add them all up at the end of the fiscal year and boom, you either end up at nine figures, which was the goal, or you don't. And if you don't, then you revert, do some reverse engineering and you look at the books and you're, well, why didn't we hit our goal? So that's kind of where we are today. Praise God. That's incredible. An amazing story you have, because I remember at the conference, when I heard your story, I still came home and I was thinking about it. Your mom was so brave to like move to totally different countries, kids too, these two small kids. And also she, I mean, she was resilient, not being afraid to go in nowhere and started and i was thinking in the back of my head like sometimes i'm afraid to make a move but i have no kids i don't have any obstacles that are really holding me back why am i afraid <laughs> but you have i look at a person like you my mom still to this day my mom right now does not speak english i look at a person like you with all this man i mean think about it i, I there's no how do I say it? There's no coincidence. It's no accident. Your network alone, right? Talking to eight figure, nine figure people, your network alone should provide massive life-changing opportunities. The, the fact that people are just drawn to your energy should, right? Because, and this is what I tell people all the time. You don't have a money problem, right? You don't have a network problem, if you have, if you're not massively successful, it's because you have a creativity problem. You just got to go create. Okay. I got this network, man. Look at all these owners, Ken Jocelyn, Carlos Reyes, all these guys are doing eight, nine figures, seven, eight, nine figures. Then you got, then you got you as the person in the middle. And then you got all these other potential ventures. All you got to do is get creative and connect, you know, the X's and O's and 
you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you want, you know? So I, I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to massively achieve some pretty good stuff. So I'm happy to see that. Thank you. I'm in the process of so many things I have I know. going on, but it's just not there yet, but that's okay. It's yeah. What did we talk about earlier? Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Hey, don't get me wrong. Like I was literally, you know, I'm like, huh, I had a, I, I interviewed a CEO today. Um, that is, uh, he's taken a company from, I think 24 mil to 150 mil. And we really want him to come, to come here. And we're assembling an executive team. That's going to get us, you know what I mean? Like it's the Avengers of executives. Right. And I'm betting them. And I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. I'm like, huh, do I, what do I do with this money? that I have to pay, you know, an executive because executives, they cost us multiple, multiple six figures a year, plus, a, plus maybe a little profit sharing, plus maybe a little bit of equity, whatever, whatever we work out. I'm like, what do I do with this money? Do I blow it on something stupid or do I hire a rock star executive? That's going to equate to bringing me an extra 10 to $15 million this year. You see how that works? Patience, right? Do I go buy a richer Millie? Right. Do I go buy a $100,000 watch or do I hire a CEO that can produce $10 million? Then I can go buy whatever amount of watches that I want. See, patience. You see what I'm saying? That's what a lot of people don't have. Everybody's, everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants to make a little bit of money and then spend it and make a little bit of money and then spend it. They never, they don't even know how to capitalize, how to inject money into their, their ventures. So therefore their ventures are undercapitalized and then eventually they bleed out and then eventually they dissolve. What were the main key factors that helped you to succeed? And if you had any challenges, what helped you to overcome them? Beautiful question, by the way. I'm actually gonna write some of these things because I really want to serve, I really want to serve your listeners, right? Especially you deserve it because you're so patient and flexible and I'm grateful, right? I told you I was gonna give you everything I have. So um I never, I never, I, my company's called all in, right? I'm never like, you know, I'm lukewarm. I'm never like half in. I'm all, I'm always all in. If I'm, if I say, Hey, I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to show up for you. You know? So some of the things that, um, I think if we're, if we're, cause you probably have a lot of, yes, you have a lot of entrepreneurs as an audience, but you probably have a lot of people that have a dream of owning their own business and, eventually accomplishing freedom, real freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, right? I think 95 to 97% of, of people allow fear, the fear of the unknown to prevent them from even taking the first step. But what they don't understand is that you mentioned the word earlier, uh, re resi resiliency, right? Being resilient. I've never met an entrepreneur that isn't resilient. And Every human being that's ever that ever comes into this earth, they're resilient. If I throw a human being with an IQ of 30 into the street, he he or she is going to be resilient enough to get out of the street. You see what I'm saying? Right? So everybody has, we all have the same opportunities, but 95 to 97% of people are so tied down by their lit by their limited beliefs and their they're programming, right? The, the bad programming, right? That they live in constant fear of the unknown, of uncertainty, of uncomfortability. So I would say that I, in a lot of cases that I've seen with a lot of people, 
is they need to believe, they need to have faith. Then first, yeah, faith, which is believing, right? They need to have faith and they need to have courage. With those two, with those two components there, right? Faith and courage, there's nothing that can stop them. If they have faith to overcome that fear of taking action and taking the first step, right? That, hey, this is going to happen. I just got to do it. And if they have courage, obviously, to overcome that fear, that that knot in their stomach, right? That courage to, 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 to go against the norm because 95 to 97% of society is the norm, right? They, they work nine to five jobs and, they, and, you know, whatever. And they have the courage to overcome all those fears that we kind of talked about at the event. You have like fear of criticism, fear of success, fear of failure. You have all these fears. The word fear, 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 fear keeps coming up. So you got the only way to overcome fear is with faith and courage, right? You got to have the courage to take the action and you got to have the faith that this is going to work out and you never give up. So I, I honestly believe it's that simple, but people make it way more complicated, especially your listeners are, you know, the people that are listening, they make it more complicated in their minds that it's actually that simple. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And fear of success, it can be actually huge because depending on your family or where you grew up and what your parents told you, that could be one as well because that could affect you and fear of success could be that someone does not feel worthy of success so it's just all these fears like you said they're always in the way and if you overcome them and be actually really bold to step it up and level up then it's nothing is really nothing stands in your way i can actually uh go into uh like fear of worthy, like lack of worthiness, right? Because that's also, we were talking about those those limited beliefs, right? And my two biggest limited beliefs were fear of failure, right? Which, uh, how, why do you, 95, 97% of people fear that they're going to fail. Oh man, I don't want to try because I might fail and that can, that might hurt me. It's more painful to not try and to keep living with the same pain, with the financial pain, right? With the pain of like regret, you know, with the pain of apathy, which is lack of action. It's more painful to not move and to not take action, in my opinion. But by the way, I dealt with fear of failure for years, for years. Man, what if I try this real estate company and I fall flat on my face? Oh, that, that might hurt too much. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it, let's go back to worthiness. You know, I, I've never struggled with, with worthiness, but I'll tell you what, the people that do, I've seen a, I've seen a, a, a common solution uh, on how they actually overcome the fear of, oh man, am I worthy? The lack of worthiness, right? I believe that you can really build yourself up if you do what you say you're going to do. So if you keep if you keep your promises to yourself, which is the most important thing, yeah, keeping promises to your children, keeping promises to your significant other, keeping promises to your friends, keeping promises to your family members, keeping promises to your colleagues, that's very important. It's very important. But the highest priority of them all is keeping promises to you, your promises. 
If I say that I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go to the gym, right? And I break that, something begins to happen internally, right? And I begin to feel like an imposter. You see, something begins to happen internally and I and my confidence begins to deplete. Something begins to happen internally where I now, like my faith levels begin to drop too because I no longer really have faith in myself because I'm not keeping my word. So you want to be worthy? Keep the promises that you make to yourself. And you know what's going to happen if you keep the promises? And like, if you do say what you're going to do, at some point your brain and your cellular makeup, eventually if I say, hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to go buy a... Uh, sorry, I'm going to hear something more important. I'm going to launch this business and you do it, right? And then you say, okay, I'm going to go launch this other business. And then you do it. And then you say, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. And then you do it. You know what? I'm going to take my nutrition. I'm committed to my nutrition. And then you do it. You know what? I'm going to go buy this car. And then you do it. At some point, your brain doesn't even tell you that you can't do it. Your body doesn't even, your body's like, yeah, you are. You see what I'm saying? Like, right? Because the, the body, right? The body, we're, first and foremost, our bodies are 70% water. Our brains are 90% water. And water has memory, right? For anybody that doesn't believe me, go read a book called Hidden Messages in Water by a doctor named Dr. Emoto, I believe. But he, this guy, this doctor made like 20 plus years of study, like water experiments and studies and how, you know, the 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 not only the the makeup of the water but the way that it stores memory and the way that the way that you're emotionally you affect the water and in the way that your words affect the water well guess what our bodies are 70 percent water so whatever i'm saying out here if i'm constantly saying i hate myself i'm ugly i don't believe in myself well guess what you're doing your body's actually like yep yeah, that's right mm-hmm right so you're, now your 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 thoughts. That's just what the programming. That's the programming that you're giving it. And then your body, right, as water is storing that memory. And now you're getting yourself into some big trouble. But what if every day you're programming yourself by affirmations? You're programming yourself. Like I don't know if you can tell, right? But I've worked a lot on myself. I've worked. I'm telling you, like I've worked so much on myself. I do what I say I'm going to do. I do it. I have multiple tasks. Look at this. If I go to my task, there's my list for business. And guess what? There's my spiritual task list right there. I do it all. I do it. I do what I say I'm going to do. I don't, there's no negotiation. I, I will not negotiate anymore. And I have in the past and it's cost me. But the more that I keep my word, the more that I feel worthy and the more powerful that, that I feel. Do you understand that? Yeah, it's like sometimes we forget that simple day-to-day -day just tasks can put us on different paths and can create different habits. Like, you know, Atomic Habits, the book everyone reading. Darren Hardy. Yeah, I love that book. Um, I'll tell you what, anybody that's out there listening, if you truly do want to accomplish success and fulfillment in your life, do this. And you'll begin to see a 
just, oh my God, a massive monumental change in your life, a transformation. I don't want to call it change. I want to call it a transformation. For the next 90 days, if you do every single thing that you say you're going to do, watch what happens for the rest of the year. That's the challenge that I have for every listener out there. That's amazing. And it's all this success and so many things that are going on in your company and all the companies. Organization. Organizations, yeah. How do you remove yourself from day-to-day operations? Because when you grow to a certain level, you can't just be um, as one of, you have to be a mentor, you have to be a leader, you have to be the boss. So Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Well, um, I actually wrote that down when I was um, when I was interviewing this this CEO because we already have a C suite in here and we're hiring two more C suites, right? Literally, I wrote it down. Right, I literally wrote it down right there, right? And I and I, I literally said, "Hey, I'm looking for an individual that can understand technology. I'm looking for an individual that can understand systems and processes. I'm looking for an individual." that can understand automation. And I'm looking for an individual that can understand delegation. Do you see how you can remove yourself from a lot of things? If you implement all that, right? That's what it takes for you to go from a six-figure company to a seven-figure company. That's what it takes a little bit of that. For you to go from a seven-figure company to an eight-figure company, it takes more of that. And for you to go to where our goal is now, a nine-figure operation, it takes what like it takes what a lot of people aren't willing to do. But guess what? The beautiful part is there is a learning curve and there is a journey, right? Guess what? My first year in business, I'm in multiple six figures. My second year in business, I'm in multiple seven figures. By my fifth year in business, I was already making, you know, multiple, uh, multiple seven figures. And then in 20, 2017, 2018 is when we when we hit the eight figure mark, and then it's like scale, 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 scale. You know what I mean? Because it's it's these business breaking points. Once you figure out what it takes, which I just said, technology, systems, processes, automation, delegation, right? Then get now at that point, all you're doing is you're building the machine, right? That builds the machine. Does that make sense? It just becomes a machine. I am not a machine. I'm just part of the machine. We're building the machine. Whenever you started hiring people for your business, how did you gain trust and how did you start delegating? Because sometimes you have to find people that you can trust and not always, I mean, people will not always do the best when you do everything so well and you know what you can do. Mm -hmm. But when you hire somebody else, they not always will do the same as you. And how do you let that go how do you start trusting people and delegating you know that's a great question i actually wrote down some of the answers but i want to do something even better where in many cases unfortunately that's a big bottleneck for a lot of ceos they feel like nobody's ever going to do as good of a job as they are right but you i kind of showed you my world and i showed you my ecosystem and i showed you the multiple companies that I own and operate and the companies that I I own equity in that again, I own equity in companies that I don't own and operate. Right. So what people need to understand is if I hire, let's just say that for my real estate company, I'm hiring a, a, an acquisition manager, someone that's going to help me buy houses. Right. 
we got to understand at one point I was the acquisition manager when we started, you know, right. We would, we would send out marketing and then I would talk to sellers on the phone, homeowners. Well, I'm, do I think that any of my acquisition managers are as good as sales reps or closers that I am? Maybe not. Maybe yes, maybe no. But what? who's going to do a better job? Me, the CEO, who's dedicating 3% to this company, 5% to that company, 20% to this company, 10% of this company, right? Or the one person, even though I think that, hey, man, this, this person you know, they're, they're only eight as 80% as good as I was, right. You know, I'm better than them by 20% at that, at that specific, uh, with that specific role, right. That specific responsibility, right. Well, that person dedicating a hundred percent of their entire being, like who they are, right. Like coming in and just dedicating a hundred percent to this one thing, even though they're only accomplishing, uh, 80%, of what I would normally, right? As far as results, isn't that going to be better than me trying to only dedicate 5% to that role? You know, that's what CEOs need to understand. And then there's another, uh, uh, one of my really good friends, his name is Dan Martell, and he's he's massively successful with um, with um, software uh, companies, right? He talks about this one this one rule, which is, he says, hey, what is your company going to make this year? All right. Let's just say that your company is going to make $10 million this year, right? $10 million. Okay, cool. So how many hours are you going to work this year? Well, let's just say you're going to work 2,000 hours this year. You divide it by 2,000. Okay. Well, that means your hour, your, your hourly rate is $5,000. You are worth $5,000, right? 10, 10 million as a CEO divided by 2,000 hours. It's 5,000. Yes? Am I doing the math right? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, okay. So then you multiply that times a fourth. Okay, you're like, that means that I have a margin of $1,250 to delegate as far as like per hour. So if someone comes in here, you know, let's just say that I have an executive assistant that's only, that's, that's $25 an hour, absolutely it's worth it. Because I can afford any anyone up to twelve fifty an hour because I'm worth X amount of money per hour. So I should be able to delegate just about all these other tasks that are not paying me five thousand dollars an hour, right? You see how that math can make sense if you're a CEO. That's the way I think about it. You know, I try to delegate um, a lot of things. Like I delegate, you know, even let's just on the personal level. I delegate landscaping. I delegate my pool. I delegate my massage therapist comes to my house. I delegate, um, I pay $200, $200 or $250, depending on what it is, for a haircut for this lady to come to my house. You know what I mean? Look at this. Wendy the barber. Look at this. My last haircut was last week. Look at this, Wendy. There, oh, $250. Wendy the barber, $250 for a haircut just because I don't want to leave my home. I'd rather watch TV or watch my children play and you can cut my hair. I think a barbershop normally charges 50 bucks or something. I'm willing to pay whatever amount you need me to pay so that I don't have to leave my home. What does that tell you about how I value my time? It means your time is very valuable and you would rather do things that you enjoy doing instead of 
spend it on errands or some other things that are not important and will not make you money. I pay, I pay someone $400 a month to pick up dog poop in my backyard. Oh, actually, they don't just pick up dog poop. They also feed my dogs. So I got two outdoor dogs. Um, they're Rottweilers, German Rottweilers. And then I got an indoor dog. Her name is Princess, and she's a micro French bulldog. So it, it's funny, but the individual that I pay to feed all three dogs and then pick up the dog poop outside, $400 a month, he's extremely grateful and extremely happy. And I'm extremely grateful and I'm extremely happy because if I'm picking up dog poop, right, if it takes me 15 minutes, um, 15 minutes a week to pick up dog poop, then that means it's taking me one hour a month to pick up dog poop. And, and if if I make if I'm trying to make a hundred million dollars, right, I'm trying to be responsible as a CEO to produce a hundred million dollars. Let's just say that we only get to 70 million dollars, okay? 70 mil divided by 2,000 hours. That's $35,000 an hour times 0.25, right? Uh, yep, I can afford $8,700 to start delegating things. You see how, like, if I'm, $35,000 an hour is what it's costing me to pick up dog poop. And I know this sounds, for a lot of people, this might not make sense, but I know it makes sense to you. There's a lot of listeners out there that might be like, this guy's out of his damn mind. But they, some people don't understand, obviously, you know, what they, they can't fathom because they don't under, that's okay. And even the CEOs that are out there listening that are only producing X amount of, you know, yearly revenue, they may not understand it right now, but they'll understand it when they get there. Yeah, so true. And I think the same way because my time is more valuable than doing some things. So I would rather not to do it and delegate it. But also, how do you work less and make more because entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs not to work 24 seven, they become entrepreneurs to have financial freedom. So how do you achieve that financial freedom that you can only work a few hours and mm -hmm. still enjoy your family time and still scale the business? I think there's first and foremost, um, I don't know if you heard me when I said this, but when I started building this empire, I used to schedule, uh, my family around work. And for the past uh, two years, I schedule my work around my family. I get here at 1030. And as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going home. And guess what? I got a massage today at eight o'clock. I get two massages per week, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8pm to 10pm. My daughters go to sleep around eight. So then I go, you know what I mean? I, I go and, and get my massage. Um, by the way, side note, if if you are having a tough time loving yourself um, or even practicing any type of spirituality, which I believe that the first step to spirituality is self-love, you should try consistently getting a massage because that is what did it. That's what that's what started for me back in 2017. Like that was a, if you think about it, that was an act of love for me, for me to start getting massages weekly. And then now it's twice a week. Right. And I pay him $200 um, per massage with a hundred dollars an hour. My massage therapist makes two, four, six, $800 a month off good old Carlos. Right. But it's okay because guess what, guess what that does for me. It allows me to perform at a much higher level. That's what people don't understand that. Like I remember, you, you know, Gary Brecker, you know, Gary Brecker. I went to the Porsche design tower in 2021 
I, I got it on YouTube. I got it on YouTube. You just look at Gary Brank and Carlos Reyes. I paid this man like thirty or forty thousand dollars to do some some tr extensive treatments, right? And when I was done, there was two people that asked me like, "Man, why did you pay all that money to do these treatments?" I said, "Because I'm worth a billion dollars." You know what's 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 thirty? I think it was thirty some thousand dollars. What's thirty some thousand dollars to a guy that's worth a billion dollars? And by the way, I'm not worth a billion dollars, but in my mind, I'm worth a billion dollars. You see what I'm saying, right? So, eight hundred dollars for massages and four hundred dollars to clean up dog poop and all you know landscaping and all that. Guess what? That's because that's who I am, and that's who I'm becoming. It's already like it's already happened. Time just hasn't caught up. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is where I am here. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. This is my past that makes up this, which is me, my present, my past, everything that I do right now, everything that we, me and you are doing right now will eventually dictate our future and will create our future. And then where we are right now will become our what? Our past. So it's like, if I'm going to be a billion dollar man, I better start. Do Why wait? Why wait? Right? Yeah. That's I, I really work less, make more. That comes down to, I think it's, you know, and you're not going to dial it in very, you're not going to dial it in your, listen, every entrepreneur out there, every founder out there, year one, year three, maybe even year five, right? They're going to have to put in that trench work, that groundwork. But eventually, if they really dedicate themselves and apply themselves to really becoming real business owners and and they're constantly developing and evolving their business acumen they're going to figure out how to massively right like multiply and make more and work less so at first when you become an entrepreneur you're like you're working a lot and you're not making a lot you want this you want you want this to start shifting you want this lab to start shifting like this look that's where i am right now you know what I mean? But that's just that's just what it is. You know, that's where we are today. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's totally worth it to delegate services and totally worth it to create financial freedom for yourself and to work. Because and you can have financial freedom. I, I think I had financial freedom my first year. Yeah. To me, financial freedom is not having to worry about how I'm going to pay the mortgage this month or the yeah. rent this month or how I'm going to pay the electricity bill this month or my car payment this month or my insurance payment this month, right? That's financial freedom to not have to worry and stress of how I'm going to pay for my life, my lifestyle, my bills. That's financial freedom. I think that's the first thing that gets accomplished. But a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders, a lot of business owners never, never actually achieve real freedom, which is the freedom of time. And then they're they're massively successful, but their their marriages are broken because they couldn't free themselves, they couldn't liberate themselves from the from the day-to-day -day work. You know what I'm saying? They're massively successful financially, but they are consumed by their day-to-day -day and, and and now they're they they've allowed their health to they let go of their health you see what i'm saying like i believe in having it all i believe in having it all i believe in having your health i believe in having your family i believe in having a connection to your family right i believe in having love in the house and creating a beautiful harmonious vortex in the home where it almost recharges you every single time that you're around your family 
I believe in massively achieving financial success. I believe in having and cult like creating, planting seeds and cultivating beautiful, amazing relationships. I believe in having it all. That's what I believe in. Maybe in every everybody has their own different belief system. That is what I believe in right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's it's very important to kind of have a balance, but there is no actual balance. Do you believe in balance or what do you think about it? I believe in offsetting. So think of um, think of a bicycle, right? Because I'm teaching my 10-year-old how to ride a bike right now. Well, what happens is when you're pedaling, what happens? You pedal down with your right, what goes up? Your left. You pedal down with your left, your right, your right pedal goes up. If try, try, try getting on a bicycle and balancing out those pedals. See how long you last balancing and see how far you get. Do you see why offsetting is a much better strategy? If I if I go, if I have a really full productive week, like I did last week, let me just tell you, Saturday I saw you, right? We spoke last Saturday at the uh, at the event. Was it last Saturday? I don't even know when it was. I think it was last Saturday, right? I So we spoke at the event in Atlanta. And by the way, that was one of my biggest speaker challenges because I had to go right after Ed Milet. Did, did you not notice that? Did you know Ed Milet went for 75 minutes and then I came on for 45? He did, but you did such a great job. I didn't notice the difference. So. That's a great sign. Thank you, Lord. I've been preparing. Um, I love Ed and Ed is like a, a, a mentor to me. And uh, we, we, we text every now and then. I'm not one of those people that is... I have my own empire I'm building. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm not sitting there like, Hey man, what's going on? Can you No, I'm building my own empire and God bless him. I run into him obviously. And, um, and you know, he's one of the people that I actually model after. Like I listen to him because there's few people like I haven't seen, I haven't heard a lot of like Tony Robbins stuff. My guys are like, and my let, I like Brad Lee. I like Andy Frisella. Like those are some of the guys that I kind of model after, but I'm a whole different animal with a whole different story. You know what I'm saying? Right. So anyway, yeah, that was like one of my biggest challenges, obviously in Atlanta. So in Atlanta, I went off the red my lead, but I had prepared for it. Everything like you have no man. Like I started preparing for that day, the day before, you know what I mean? And if I can go down into the details of how I prepared as a speaker to, to bring, you know, to bring that energy and that engagement. Um, but that, that could, that's like a whole item line of all kinds of different things. But anyway, so that week, Saturday, we, I saw you, we spoke at in Atlanta Monday. Uh, I came, I came to my, this is my office. This is my building. We own this place, right? It's 10,000 square feet of just just beautiful harmony. So Monday I came here, I had multiple company, I mean, multiple meetings, right? With different companies and different leadership. Then Tuesday, I fly to Utah to raise $2 million for our new franchise venture. I fly back the same night to get ready for my CEO workshop on Wednesday and Thursday, right? And then I on Friday, I fly back to Utah to reveal the franchise to the public at an event that had five, 600 people. So that was my full, we, oh, and then I fly back in that same night. Can you see the capacity that I have been trying to build, right? Like I had a full week. So what did I do the next two days? I recharged. So I want you to know this. I pre-charged 
because I knew that week was coming. Multiple massages, breathing, hiking, exercise, water, oxygen, everything, pre-charge. Then I went, I, I had this, I, I call it a nine, that, that's my nine-figure week because that 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 like set the tone for the rest of the year, right? So I had this nine-figure week and then I recharge. So pre-charge, work, recharge, offset. You see that? Uh, a lot of pre-charging. Oh man, you're, you're spending a lot of time going up to Sedona and hiking and, and grounding and breathing. And yeah, because I know what's coming ahead. Pre-charge, boom, right? That work week, my $9 million work week, and then recharge on Saturday and Sunday with my children. I spend every single hour of those two days in my home around my family, my wife and my two kids. That's how you build your capacity. And that's how you, that's how you really accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life is there's no balance, but there is offsetting. Make sense? I love that. And I used to feel so bad when I had busy week and I had to work on the weekends, but then I, I'm like lazy on Monday. I mean, not lazy, but try to take time off. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, everyone is working. And I'm like, let me ask you this. <laughs> okay. With what I just, are you going to start pre-charging? Oh yeah. Now I'm going to start pre-charging. Thank you for that great advice. And then you, you get your work on and yeah. then you recharge, right? Yeah. And then I want you to ask yourself this so you don't feel, because people like you and me, we, 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 I used to, I don't anymore. Thank God. Yeah. It's been a couple of years. I stopped, I stopped feeling guilty as of 2019, which is about four years ago. Okay. Yes or no. Do you feel guilty when you're lazy? Oh yeah. Big okay. Next time that you have one of those days of recharging, I don't care if you're going hiking. I don't care if you're going to the spa, whatever it is that you do to recharge. I want you to ask yourself this do i deserve this do i deserve what i'm doing right now i think that your answer is going to be absolutely yes well you know when i just started i didn't really feel like i'm an entrepreneur i had like second thoughts of maybe going back to work or something <laughs> which would never happen but it just like you know when i just started a long time ago and now I do think like an entrepreneur. So now I'm saying to myself, I'm my own boss. If I want to take, I mean, take time off today, I will because I'm in control of my own. But it's not even about, I, and I get that, right? But it's not even, it's just about like, man, I, I love myself. I deserve, too, I deserve this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By the way, the way you pronounce your, your name is Oliasha, right? Yeah. Oli? How do you, you say Oli? What do you, what do you well, say? How do you? Uh, my full name is Olga, but I go by Olia and everybody calls me Oliasha. So. I like Olga. You know why I like no, Olga? No, I don't because, you know, in America they can, like in Spanish, they can pronounce it like Olga. 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 Yeah, but yeah. in English. So one of my aunt's name is Olga. Yeah, they can't say it nicely and it sounds so bad. And I was like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't match me. So. So you like Oliasha? Yeah. It's actually a very exotic name, so you should probably run with that. I like the Oliash. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what my um, loved ones, my friends called me. So, And they used to call me when I was little, too. So, and Yeah, I like, I like it. it. Either name, actually, Oliasha sounds very, like, fancy and exotic, you know? <laughs> it's kind of cool. And it matches the podcast, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You should. You know what you should name it? I know it says not basic blonde, right? Is right. Not basic blonde podcast. Yeah. Yeah, the not basic blonde podcast, but mm -hmm. it should be like not basic blonde podcast with Oliasha. Oh, 
I well, like um, that. You know, my brand is not basic blonde, so I go yeah. by some people call me not basic blonde, not by my name. But 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 you see how it could be with yeah Oliasha. Yeah, that's idea too. Uh, one guy that I look up to, um, Andy Frisella, right? Yeah. Um, I love that man and you know, he, he's so, he's been so helpful. Like there's been so many people, Liasha, that have been so helpful in my career, uh, in my growth, you know, like Brad Lee, uh, Ken Jocelyn, we both, you know, we, you saw the story of him and I three years, right. Um, and my let, um, uh, who else, uh, clearly Andy Frisella. Um, I did, if you look up episode 81, uh, uh, his podcast, real AF episode 81 manifesting dreams into reality. Right. It, it was like that podcast that him and I did back in like 2020. It just exploded. It helped me like it helped me with my brand. Right. And his podcast is called Real AF with Andy Frisella. So that's why I really love the with just because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds incredible, too. And so you don't have to change the name. You just add the with. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, listen, I'm just giving you advice, right? Uh, you can keep, I love Not Basic Blonde, but I obviously I like I like your name too. And I think that, you know, you want people to start calling like your name, your name, you want your name out there. Like when I launched my personal podcast, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to say with Carlos Reyes, you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Do you manifest? Do you believe in manifesting? What do you think? Of course you do visualization is one of my biggest big like i i i think you hear for here I'll, I'll show you if i believe in manifestation right visualization and manifestation do you know what this is no okay no, this is no. a bible this is a bible uh -huh. this is not a bible do you know what this is notebook oliasha this is my personal this is my personal journal that I write every single little thing, every single day, every single night. It's gone to the point. It's almost like an obsession now. I literally put it right next to my bed now. I, I take it to sleep with me just in case I wake up and I have an idea, right? And here is the journal before that one. You see what I'm saying? Like, you see, it's like I keep these, these, these journals one day are going to be passed on to my kids and they're going to be able to read like, holy smokes, that they literally have a history of that. You know what I mean? So it's going to be kind of cool. That's incredible. And what's the best advice you can provide in entrepreneurs? Start now and take action and delay your gratification. Um, if you, when you start making money, be very responsible, be very strategic um, track your, track every single metric that you can, your key performance indicators across everything in your business, higher, higher as soon as possible, higher, create systems, processes, right? SOPs, departments, hire leadership, train leadership, develop leaders, delegate as often as possible, fire yourself as soon as possible and add multiple streams of income. Literally, I just told you like my whole story, right? my whole business game plan of what I've done. Yeah, I love it. Your business entrepreneurship. I love, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I really, you have to understand it's something that like business is something, you know, like a lot of like social media people and speakers, mm -hmm. they're not very passionate about business. 
I'm a unicorn, Aliasha. I'm a unicorn. I'm a personal development guy, but I love business and I know business, right? I'm a spiritual guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm a, I like, I like, I don't, I don't think you should, I, I don't think we belong to one box. Like if you think of Jay Shetty, right? And I love Jay Shetty and I, I've never really, I haven't read his book, but I, I want to uh, think like a monk. A guy like Jay Shetty, everybody thinks of him as, they put him in a box, right? They th you think of Tony Robbins, they put him in a box. Yes? The personal, Dean Graziosi, they put them in the personal development box, right? I never want to be in a box. When I was a real estate, when I am a real estate investor, but I'm not a real estate investor. You know what I mean? Right? I never wanted to be put, like, you know, my, my buddy Pace Morby. Everybody thinks of Pace Morby as a real estate guy. I never wanted to be a real estate guy. I'm not a real estate guy. You know what I mean? I, I am I, I am a man of whatever, whatever God has for me. I'm 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 diverse. I'm a neurodivergent. I think outside the box. I I create, you know, I I imagine, I visualize, I manifest. I'm a neurodivergent. I'm the same way because I'm in fashion, but I have a business side too. I have entrepreneurship podcast and I spent eight, nine years before I became public figure i've done it project management so by looking mm -hmm. at me everybody would never you never want to be put in you, you don't that's so boring to be labeled that's one yeah. thing right yeah you're like dude i'm way more like in your case i'm way more than some type of fashion person yeah right i'm way more than that you know well, i'm like a human how being. They say influencer i was like i'm not an influencer i have a speaker brand. oh yeah she's a she's a speaker yeah, oh, she's an influencer. I don't like being put in a box. No, yeah. yeah, so true. And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, all your information at Carlos Reyes, C A R L O S R E Y E S, at Carlos Reyes. And um, yeah, if anybody ever has any questions with anything, whether it's life or business, um, I will always be a servant leader for the rest of my life because that is the anointing that God has, God has on me, and I have to. I have to keep my feet on the ground and keep my head on the clouds, right? And I have to, I really have to serve people. Um, I think I'm, that's something that obviously God has anointed me with to serve people for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that. As long as he continues to give me the strength to endure it. Love it. Thank you so much, Carlos, for being my guest. And thank you so much for sharing your story, providing so much great information. Thank you. Oliasha, I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, okay? Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.